Welcome to church today. It's uh, great to have you joining with us. This morning I want to lead us in in a time of worship straight away. Uh, I love the Psalms that uh, bring out the greatness of God. And one of those favorites that I absolutely love that has been meditated on many, many times before by so many people and that has inspired songs, one of which we're going to sing this morning, uh, is Psalm 136. And it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his love endures forever. Give thanks to our Lord of Lords for his love endures forever. Would you join with me this morning as we sing about the great love that God has for us, his chosen people, his people that have responded in faith to his grace and mercy. Let's sing this morning about how his love does it indeed endure forever. Uh, Let's worship the Lord.
So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is your. I have a few announcements for us today. Uh, the first of those uh, is, is a sad one. Uh, if you haven't heard, um, Alan Pierce passed away this week uh, and uh, his funeral is on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, unfortunately, due to restrictions placed on us at the moment, and with Alan and Rosemary having such a large family, uh, invitation only is how you'll get to this funeral, unfortunately. So the funeral is invitation only. Uh, but there are ways that we can help. The first way is to pray for Rosemary and her family. Uh, it's a big loss, uh, losing someone that you love so dearly. And so we really do feel for, for Rosie and the family right now. And we just want to bring them before uh, the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'd just like you if you to join with me right now as we do that. Heavenly Father, we just pray for Rosemary right now and her loss and pray for the whole family. Lord, this is a very difficult time. But Lord, we are encouraged and buoyed by the knowledge that uh, Alan had such a strong faith with you, uh, in you and is now with you. And so Lord, I just pray that you would comfort those of us who remain and that uh, all the final preparations uh, that are happening right now and through this week ahead um, for the funeral Wednesday would go smoothly and that, Lord, this service would bring, bring glory to you and honour and celebrate the life of Alan. Amen. Uh, well, there are some other ways that you can help. Uh, the first of those, as I said, was uphold Rosemary and the family in prayer. Um, another way you could do is, is practically help is, is by setting up. Um, we have a few things to get rearranged and get back into shape uh, for before Wednesday so that we can hold the funeral at church. And so if you're able to assist, um, we're doing that at 10am on Tuesday morning. Um, there's four or five people so far, um, so we can have you know, up to about 10. Um, and the more the merrier in that, in that sense, we get it done quicker. And that's one way you can help practically. Another way is to help provide morning tea or some light refreshments, afternoon tea, I should say. Um, so if you can do that, speak with Helen, Helen Mallory, um, if you can assist there. Um, the service will be live streamed. Um, that will be live streamed through Mason Park's website. And so the service begins at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Um, so you can just head along to Mason Park's website and click on the top of the website there. They've got the live stream and that'll come on, on there. Uh, so if you'd like to at least take part in the service, um, that's one way you can do it. Now, we have something of, of much joy to also occur in the life of uh, families in our church. Um, yesterday, uh, Eve and Steve were married. 
Uh, and, and that was a wonderful, a wonderful time. And so uh, it was with great joy that I was able to, to do that for them. And uh, it's just a wonderful blessing to see this, this couple um, commit themselves to each other before the Lord. And so uh, we just pray blessing into their life and uh, uphold them and support them in this new life that they have embarked upon together. Uh, with uh, also uh, there's some, some further joy, uh, we have some restrictions being eased further. And so it's really be, really good to be able to start again doing some face-to-face -face ministry. You know, Hebrews tells us not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And so we need each other. We need the encouragement, the fellowship, the sharpening, the support. And so there are some things that we can begin to do again. First of those is small groups. Small groups should now all be able to restart because as of midnight tonight, you can now have a total of 20 people in your home. So speak with your hosts and leaders as to when your group will be resuming face to face. But that is going to be a source of joy for many people I know. Also, prayer meetings are up and running again each week, each Wednesday morning at 9.30 at the church. And our Thursdays began again this week as well. Um, so we will let you know when other Thursdays get booked in. Um, so look out for when the next one is. We'll also be starting midweek worship um, in June. And so June 17th is the date where we will be restarting midweek worship, 7pm at the church. We can have 20 people at that, plus our musicians and media team. Uh, so that will be a great night of worship and fellowship as well. Um, and this, surprisingly enough, is actually the 10th week of Church at Home. And we will continue to produce Church at Home until we can have 50 or more people gathering together physically at church. But what we can do from next week is do church at home at church for 20 people. So if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to do what you're doing now, but at church with people, then please register for that. Come along. Um, I will be sending out a link uh, for that so that you can get um, registered for that. So all you need to do is um, when the, the link, click on the link to, to book, select the number of people you want to uh, register to attend, then click get tickets. Um, enter your details, submit that, and then you're done. Your, your, your space is reserved. Um, and the, another way you can register is just contact me and I'll do that for you. Uh, so if you'd like to do church at home at church, next week we will be opening up to do that. And so that's just for 20 people um, plus uh, we can also have essential personnel, those required to run it. Um, so I just encourage you, if you want to do church at home together, then please join us next week at church. But you'll need to book in and let us know. For our giving, um, we, we do continue to worship the Lord this morning, and, and one way is through our giving, and we're bringing our finances before the Lord. You know, we bring our finances before the Lord cheerfully and with gratitude for all that God has done for us. And we give in appreciation and worship of Him. Details have been on the screen to make your direct deposit if you haven't got those already. And I want to pray for us now as we do place our finances before the Lord and come before Him before the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. And we come before you with a heart of gratitude for all that you have blessed us with. Lord, we thank you that we can begin to meet in our homes again. We thank you that we can begin to do some things at church again. And Lord, we pray now that you would continue to provide for all of our needs. Lord, we, we give you thanks and we give you worship. And Lord, we, we bring our finances before you and, and ask that you bless these as we give with hearts that are full of joy. And Lord, as we come before the message now, Lord, we ask that you'd speak into our hearts, speak into our minds, and that, Lord, the, the example of faith of Jacob, who we're talking about today, Lord, would ring deeply into our heart, would encourage us, would stir us on, and that, Lord, we would learn the lessons that you would want us to learn today. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Today we do continue our series on faith from Hebrews 11 and we're looking at the next example of faith that the author recalls and that is Jacob. Jacob's story is spread throughout Genesis from around chapter 25 pretty much right to the end of book of Genesis but today we'll be um, focusing on just a few elements of his story. Jacob is sent by his father Isaac to, to find a wife from Abraham's family, rather than from the people of Canaan, the people where they were residing. And so he sets off with the blessing of his father. Now while he's travelling, he, he receives a vision from God, which I'll talk more about later, but he, his resolve right there becomes to be faithful to God. And he receives a, a blessing of God, and that blessing is firmly planted in him right there. He continues his journey and, and uh, then comes across Laban's family, his mother's brother. And Jacob is faithful to Isaac and seeks to take a wife from Laban's daughters. And this brings us to my first point this morning. Faith's blessings are often hard fought. You know, few things of value in this life come easy. And this was particularly true for Jacob. You see, Jacob arrives at Laban's place. He meets Laban's daughter, Rachel, and falls in love with her. The Bible describes her as being beautiful. And we find this in Genesis chapter 29. Laban and Jacob, they then make a deal. Genesis chapter 29 verses 18 to 20. Jacob loved Rachel and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. In the ancient Near East, it was, a customary, um, it was customary for a prospective husband to give the bride's father a substantial gift of money known as the bride price. And Jacob indicates that he is prepared to work for Laban to give the equivalent of seven years wages for Rachel. Now, if we look at that today, if the medium average income is around $50,000, that's the same as saying to Laban, I'm going to give you $350,000 for your daughter. That's a a big sum of money. Um, And so so Jacob, he works hard for seven years. And the, the scriptures tell us that, but to him, they seemed like just a few days because of the love he had for Rachel. He then approaches Laban at the end of that seven years to receive his wife. Genesis chapter 29, verse 21 to 30. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, It is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave his daughter gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. And so we see that Jacob was tricked into marrying Leah. Now you might, and I might be thinking, how on earth could Jacob have been tricked into marrying the wrong daughter? How could he be duped into consummating the marriage with the wrong daughter? But but if it was dark, or or nearly dark, when when Leah was introduced to Jacob to consummate their marriage, 
And darkness in a world without artificial lighting can be pitch black. You sort of might understand how this could happen. And at this stage, you know, Jacob did not realize that, that Leah was the bride. She may have also come to him wearing a veil, which was the sign of a betrothed woman. But Jacob, he worked hard for, for Laban for seven years for Rachel. Yet he was tricked into marrying Leah by Laban. Jacob however, was, was a faithful man. And faith's blessings are often hard fought. And so he fought hard for the woman he loved and was given Rachel in return for another seven years of labour. But Jacob, he had to continue a hard-fought life to receive faith's blessing. See, at the end of his second year of free, second lot of seven years of free labour, Jacob makes a deal with Laban to receive wages for his work. But Laban was a schemer. He agreed with Jacob that Jacob would work for him and his wages would be paid in livestock. Jacob and Laban agreed that all the spotted, speckled and striped livestock that was born would be Jacob's. All the unblemished would be Laban's. And once this deal was done, Laban went through his whole herd and flocks and removed all the speckled, spotted and striped animals and sent them away with his sons three days journey from Jacob and Laban. Laban removes them so that none of them would be born. But Jacob, who is now well versed in the hard fought nature of blessing, receives God's blessing as he undertakes a selective breeding program. He places strips of wood before the strongest animals when they are breeding, and those animals produce speckled, spotted, and striped offspring. When the weaker animals were breeding, he wouldn't put out the sticks, and so they were unblemished and Laban's. Laban grows more and more frustrated with Jacob as God continues to bless Jacob. And, and, and he changes the terms of their agreement during that six years some ten times. You know, if Laban said, no, just the spotted ones, then all that would be born would be spotted ones. If Laban then changed again, no, no, no it's just the striped ones, then, then only the striped ones would be born. Laban could not win because God was with Jacob. And another hard-fought blessing for Jacob comes as he was returning to his homeland. We read this in Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 to 30. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and set them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. You know, the unexpected and, and sudden introduction of this man who, who wrestles in the dark with Jacob captures something of, of the event itself. P pretty remarkable. But the time they contest comes to an end. And Jacob is convinced that his opponent is God himself. This is not improbable, given that God had previously come to Abraham in human form. Imagine this, the sheer strength of will and physical prowess to wrestle with someone all night and not lose. You know, Jacob's injury highlights not only the strength of his opponent, but also the, the, Jacob's own resolve to prevail. 
Jacob, he was determined to be blessed by this man who he was convinced was God. And this determination is demonstrated by his reluctance to release his opponent even when his thigh is dislocated. Faith's blessings are often hard fought. Jacob does receive a blessing and he is renamed Israel. And the renaming of Jacob brings to a climax a lifetime of struggling with others. Through all of this, Jacob has finally come to realize the importance of being blessed by God. The events of the preceding years have changed Jacob. The God of his father has now become his God. Faith's blessings are often hard fought. My second point today is that faith's blessings are often unexpected. Jacob had several sons to his wives, but his favoured son was Joseph. And we'll be looking more into the story of Joseph next week. But Joseph's brothers are jealous of him and they sell him as a slave. And they convince Jacob that he's been killed by wild animals. But faith's blessings are often unexpected. Many years later, when drought and famine is gripping the whole region and Jacob's an old man, Jacob is brought to Egypt. And there he's reunited with his lost son, Joseph. Faith's blessings are often unexpected. And through this time, Joseph had gained favour with Pharaoh, so much so that Pharaoh gave Jacob and his family the best land to settle in, prime real estate. And he makes sure that they are looked after very, very well. Faith's blessings are often unexpected. And when Jacob is an old man, it comes time for him to give his blessing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21 By faith Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Now, now why is it unexpected? Well, it was customary for the family patriarch to bless his sons. And what was unexpected about this is that Jacob does not bless Reuben, his firstborn son, as was the custom. He does not even bless Joseph, his favoured son. He blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's sons. He blessed them as his own sons. And we see that both sons become tribes of Israel rather than Joseph. And furthermore, Jacob blesses Ephraim with the blessing of a firstborn son over Manasseh, who was the firstborn son of Joseph. Although Joseph protests, thinking his father has mistakenly placed his right hand of, you know, of, of blessing on the wrong head, Jacob is emphatic that Ephraim should be blessed as the firstborn ahead of Manasseh. Faith's blessings are often unexpected. And indeed, the Ephraimites become one of the leading tribes of Israel in the next period of Israel's story. Faith's blessings are often unexpected. But my last point today is that faith's blessings are eternally worthy. When Jacob was young, as he was journeying towards Laban, God gives Jacob a vision. The vision was of a stairway to heaven. God revealed to Jacob the reality of eternity. Genesis chapter 28, verse 12 to 15. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. 
The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Jacob receives a blessing to become a great nation. And in this blessing here is brought into the covenant that God made with Abraham and Isaac before him. This was an eternal covenant of blessing. God would bless his people and through his people would bless all people. God's heart for the world has been there from the start and his heart is that we would all step out onto that ladder to heaven. And just like Alan this week, hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, faith's blessings are eternally worthy. When we respond in faith to the love that God has poured out for us on the cross, we are made worthy. And when we enter into eternal existence with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that begins when we make that decision of faith. Jacob entered into that covenant by faith in God. And he remained a faithful servant of God. And he received faith's blessing and was even renamed because of his faith. Did you know that that Jacob's name... Israel, when it was renamed, that word Israel means he strives with God. And this pretty much sums up Jacob's life. He didn't have it easy. It was hard. And I'm sure that a lot of us have had it hard too. Some of us may have suffered loss through deceit of others like like Jacob did with Laban. Some may have been deceived, ripped off, treated poorly duped. But what we learn from Jacob's example of faith is that he always remained faithful to God, even in the midst of those terrible circumstances. And he was rewarded by being renamed by God. He was striving with God by name and nature. Faith's blessings are eternally worthy. And through his whole life, Jacob demonstrated his great faith and received eternally worthy blessings of faith. Think about what he went through with Laban. Through trials, Jacob remained faithful when young. He endured hard work. He endured deception. He endured being ripped off. He endured being misled. Yet through it all, even as a young man, Jacob remained faithful to God. Think about what he went through with Esau. Remember Esau was was cheated out of his inheritance by Jacob. And after 20 years working for Laban, Jacob returns as God directed him to, facing danger from Esau. But Jacob was told to return to his home by the Lord. And so Jacob remained faithful when middle-aged appeasing his brother with gift after gift after gift after gift. Faith's blessings are eternally worthy and Jacob was able to share some of his blessing with his brother. And think about what Jacob went through with Joseph. Jacob faithfully sought God's guidance and looking to the future. Jacob remained faithful when in old age, and so blessed Joseph as Joseph's sons. He had the wisdom of years of faithfulness to God to guide him and to direct his blessing, looking to the future generations to carry forth his example of faith. Are we employing wisdom of years of our faithfulness to God to guide and direct our blessings? 
you know, to, to bless the future generations so that they can carry forth our example of faith like Jacob. And they might not carry our example of faith forward <clears throat> like what we have done our example of faith. They will do that for themselves. But we can entrust that they will be, as we set an example of faithfulness to the next generations. Faith's blessings are often hard fought. If you are battling now, persist in faith. Because faith's blessings are often hard fought. Faith's blessings are often unexpected. It is amazing how God orchestrates the circumstances of our lives to bless us in our faith. I'm sure you can bring to mind something from your life where God has brought an unexpected blessing to you. And faith's blessings are eternally worthy. The biggest blessing we receive in faith is eternally worthy. It is our salvation. And when we respond to the gospel in faith, believing that God has sent his son to die on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, when we receive that gift and respond in repentance, we are blessed for eternity because it is that at that precise moment that we enter into our eternal life secure in the promise of God. And if you haven't done that yet, if you are yet to place your faith in God and receive forgiveness for your sins and, and, and receive the abundant grace that is given to us through Jesus Christ, then why not? Why not decide today to follow Jesus and receive the eternally worthy blessing of faith in Jesus Christ? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us, by your grace, a blessing of eternal worth, a blessing of salvation for those of us who respond in faith. Oh Lord, this morning, if there's people who have responded in faith for the first time, Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, I pray that you would guide us together, that, Lord, you would direct our paths, and that, Lord, you would bring to our forefront of our minds when we are having to go through things that are hard fought, that, Lord, faith's blessings are often hard fought, that we would remember the example of Jacob and through all of those, that, that, that hard fought life, Lord, we would remain faithful to you. And Lord, I also thank you that so many times faith's blessings are so unexpected. And so, Lord, I look forward to the next moment that you'll be surprising us with, your, with blessing as we remain faithful to you. And Lord, we also know that the eternal worth of faith's blessing will be experienced by us all when, Lord, you either come again or when we die and be with you. Lord, we look forward to that glorious hope that we have. But Lord, through our lives right now, I pray that you would help us to remain faithful to you. Through the hard times, through the good times, and through everything in between, Lord, increase our faith. Amen. Let's sing.
Thank you very much for joining with us again for Church at Home. It's been great to have you with us. Don't forget, if you'd like to do Church at Home at church next week, you can. Uh, So book in for that. And also, uh, it'd be great to catch up at a prayer meeting or later in the month at midweek worship. And uh, as soon as we know more of when we can get back to doing more things, sort of more normally together, we will let you know. Um, But that will definitely be once we can have more than 50 people join um, at church uh, in the one place, uh, whenever that is. But for now, we can still fellowship. Get into a small group. If you're not in one, jump along. Get into one. Um, Because that is a great place where you can be loved in in a safe space, in, in a space where confidentiality is valued, in a space where each person you know, has signed that covenant to, to agree to how we're going to operate as a group. So I just want to remind you of that covenant um, that you made when you started your group. You made that to, to, to continue to meet together with each other. And so now we can do that again. Uh, I just want to invoke that, I guess, a bit and say, do that. Be encouraged together. Meet together. Pray together. Share with each other what God has done. The hope that he has, the, the stories of hope that you have from this time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our group meeting together uh, again. Uh, we'll be doing that shortly. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you all um, to do what you can um, to bless those around you as you remain faithful to God and to bring hope with you. Uh, and I would love to hear um, over the coming weeks um, the, the stories of hope that you have from this experience. And so start thinking about those and start trying to maybe put something together so that maybe later on, you know, I might be able to come around and record your story of hope and then share that with other people. So uh, be blessed, be faithful, and uh, I just encourage you, um, get into things that we can. Um, we are safe here. Very, very low risk up here in the northeast. And so where we can, we should be getting back into it because, uh, you know, that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to be actively participating in life and and to receive the blessings that are hard fought right now. Uh, So so I encourage you, stay safe, stay protected, um, but, but do what you can to bring hope of the gospel with you wherever you go. Blessings.